Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, dear listener, and welcome to Owning It, the anxiety podcast with me, Caroline Foran. So I wanted to sit down with myself and record another solo episode for, I guess, two reasons. The first is that I've noticed my own anxiety rising with me again over the last few days, and I think it's important for you guys listening to know that it's something that still does pop up for me, um, and for me to talk about what I do when it does. The second reason is that when so many of my episodes are interview-based, it becomes very work-related for me, and I sort of tend to separate myself from the anxiety in order to create the series. But sometimes I really need to check in with myself and remind myself that this is also my journey. I hate the word journey, but there you go. Um, I'm also still figuring things out and learning and owning it as I go. So I think it's fair to say I've come a really long way. And sometimes I need to remind myself that, you know, I never would have thought back in 2014 when my anxiety was just all consuming that I would be doing any of the things that I'm doing today. I'm going traveling around Japan, Thailand, I'm speaking at events almost every fortnight. I got married, I bought a house. I like, God, I never ever thought I would have been able to cope with a wedding back when, way back when. I've written two books, I'm writing my third with great difficulty. And a lot has happened. Like time has, has moved on. It's been it's been five years and so have I. And as much as I know it's not going to dwell in the past, I have to accept the fact that when you go through a very debilitating mental breakdown where you no longer function for a long period of time, sometimes those memories are going to come back at you. And it's kind of like trauma without wanting to offend anyone who's gone through another kind of trauma. Sometimes I find myself that, you know, I'm sailing along, I think, oh, I'm grand, and a quiet little voice in my head threatens to pull me back to that time. And I get scared that despite all of my work and how much I've learned, that I could just fall apart again to the extent that I did before, where I needed medical intervention and lots of other help. And I'm really scared that I'll somehow think myself back into that same scenario, or that, like I would describe it as like a mental prison of anxiety. And like, it's really, it's terrifying, as you well know, if you're listening with me this whole series, it's definitely my biggest and my most real fear and maybe it's because I've come so far and I'm thinking of all the things that I've achieved and I don't mean traditional achievements career-wise, I mean for me 
going out for dinner with my friends is an achievement relative to, to where I was. But maybe it's because I've come so far that anxiety actually pops up. So I always share my waves of anxiety on social media. And I guess I do this not just to make other people feel reassured that they're not the only one, but also as a way to take the pressure off myself and I guess to normalise it. And normal, I'm just all about normalising it all the time, whatever way you could normalise it for yourself. So putting it out there on social media or through this podcast is, is my way of coping too. So for me, step one is always vocalise it if I'm feeling anxious. And then it always comes back to the assess and address approach, which forms the basis of owning it, my first book which I hope by now you've bought. So once I acknowledge that, okay, yes, I'm feeling a bit of anxiety and I say, that's okay. You're going to feel it from time to time and you should expect to and you shouldn't be afraid of it, even though it's really scary. I have to remind myself of how much I understand anxiety now and how much I understand my brain and my body and how much I've learned and how much anxiety is actually okay for me. It's okay for it to be part of my life and it's okay to feel anxious and how much I know what works for me. And then crucially, just to give myself a break. And I also have to remind myself of what I already know to be true. Anxiety is a stress response that will flare up every now and then in life, especially if you're prone to it, and you need to just roll with it rather than run away from it when it does. This is like definitely the biggest challenge that I've faced, and one that I know a lot of you come up against too. That feeling that when you're good, you know, it's done, it's in the past, you're over it. Like a, like a virus or something. And then if it comes back again, you're like, what the fuck? I thought I, I thought I had this sorted out. I thought I got rid of you. And then you panic. When I'm giving talks on anxiety or interviewing people about it for the series, as I said, I seem to really separate myself as the journalist from myself as the anxious person. And I guess I kind of have to do that in order to cope and to do a good job. But the more I feel like, oh, that was me then and this is me now, the more I'm prone to a little bit of panic when anxiety does eventually come back to bite me in the arse, as it will. And it will it will come back because I'm constantly pushing myself outside of my comfort zone and I'm doing what I can to, I suppose, to reclaim the autonomy that anxiety once took away from me. So anxiety doesn't like that. It doesn't like when you're in control. It wants to be in control. And as we know, your anxiety is your brain's way of telling you that you're in danger when we're not. So it just sets your nervous system on a very high alert. So this weekend, I was trying to figure out why it, it cropped up for me again. And it took me by surprise. And as the assess and address approach goes, in order to deal with it, I start by assessing it. So what brought the anxiety to the fore for me this time? Well, there were a few things I could think of, and sometimes these things can be called vulnerability factors. So you're thinking of the set of circumstances that give rise to anxiety for you. The first thing was I gave myself a weekend of well-deserved nothingness. I had no plans and they were my plans to do nothing. And I slept like the dead and I did pretty much fuck all for 72 hours and it was just lovely. I think I'd been running on adrenaline a lot over the last few weeks with um, various events and work commitments. And like when I'm doing a lot of public speaking and hosting things, it, it does cause a spike in the stress hormones in order to cope. But that's okay, I can handle it. But now that I gave myself a chance to breathe, it was like, okay, now we can feel anxious. So I find that something that seems to happen when we give ourselves a break is that we have more space in our minds to be filled. And if you're a bit below par, anxious thoughts can definitely creep in. And it's like getting sick at Christmas because you allow yourself to relax and switch off. And your brain is like, hey, now that you're done running around, we want to bring this shit to your attention. The other reason, secondly, is I had a very real vulnerability factor in the fact that I haven't, haven't been well for the last week or two. I had a virus, I had a chest infection, throat infection in the works. And my anxiety always rises up when I'm not physically firing on all cylinders. I've been here so many times in this situation where I've been physically unwell and then been like, why am I anxious? That I know, I know why that's happening and I know that it will pass. And I know to expect if I'm feeling a bit wobbly mentally, it'll be okay when I feel better physically. 
Thirdly, and this is probably the biggest vulnerability factor that brought it for me this weekend, um, myself and Barry booked our big trip to Japan for the Rugby World Cup in October. Now, I have no interest in rugby, but he does. And I mean, Japan is cool and I'd love to see it. So we're going. We booked our flights and all of our accommodation for a big two-week stint. And for me, again, thinking back to where I was, like this is still a huge, huge deal for me. Travel anxiety is something I should probably do a whole separate episode on because it's still it's massive for me to be literally outside of my comfort zone, especially halfway across the world. So I was kind of thinking, you know, this year was the first year that I felt I could travel as far as Thailand without needing my mammy with me. I went there on my honeymoon in January and that was a big achievement for me. And it was also this year that I went to New York and spent time by myself launching my book in the States. And for me to be away somewhere and be alone again is another huge deal. And I had survived all of that. Um, But for me, I think Japan is anxiety inducing or anywhere else would be anxiety inducing because it's unfamiliar, because I haven't been there and Thailand I could go back there now and I'd be fine because I've done it but with Japan especially Japan of all places it's going to be full-on intense lots of activity and lots of moving around and of course I'm told that Tokyo is just a complete sensory overload so that's always challenging for someone who prefers to be in more zen environments or for someone who's prone to anxiety as cool as it is you know it's going to be a little bit too much stimulation and I actually found that a lot in New York I just felt like the constant stimulation of lights and traffic and noise and everything definitely made me feel it a little bit more so anyway I had my normal pre-travel freak out and Barry reminded me that if I can handle Thailand I can definitely handle Japan etc etc and because I've challenged myself so much in the last few years I was like yeah like you're right I'll be fine and if I'm not fine I can just take a chill day I can just chill in the hotel I can do what I want I don't have to put myself in any situation I don't want to be in, even if I'm halfway across the world. You know, I can I can put myself first. And I also bullied him into booking slightly nicer hotels uh, that we probably couldn't afford because if you're going to take me out of my comfort zone, literally, I need to bring a little bit of comfort with me. So I'm always trying to push for a little bit of a nicer place to, to lay my head. Um, and unfortunately for Barry, that is always going to be non-negotiable with me. So we had that little chat and the anxious feelings didn't really dissipate. Um, I was thinking of how 2014 me would have just flat out refused to go even to the shop, never mind halfway across the world. And I started thinking more and more about how awful I felt back then. And I guess because I was already a little bit on edge on account of being a bit below par with the chest infection and everything, and having booked a mammoth trip that would be anxiety inducing for most people, and having the headspace for those worries to creep in because I gave myself a break, the physical symptoms were just like, hey, you, it's been a while, we're here. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. A lot can happen in the next 3 years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. 
United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. And within a few minutes, my chest felt so much tighter and my breathing was forced and I started to really resist it as is always the natural reaction. You're like, no, like I don't want to feel this. And I started to feel really afraid that if I gave it enough thought, I could pull myself back to that point when everything went to shit. And that is, it still is my biggest fear, you know? And maybe because I've been so busy and I've been like knocking things out of the park for my own challenges with anxiety, I haven't had any time to really think about it and I suppose you don't want to go back too far and think about it but sometimes you need to come back and realize where you've come from and I need to be able to look back without feeling afraid. So I went on Instagram and I shared a couple of stories saying hey world I'm anxious and as always you people who follow me were so kind to reassure me that it's absolutely okay that I feel it sometimes too even though I am so incredibly hard on myself and I expect that I should always be fine because I've written this fucking book. But I'm a human being, I'm not the expert, as I always say, I'm, I'm just one person experiencing it and going through it and trying to understand it and then articulate what I've learned um, for you guys. So I spoke to Barry about it too and I said, mm, I still don't feel right and I reminded him once again, as I always do when I feel bad, that if I'm too much of a hassle to be married to, he could always just leave and he was like, shut up, like just, you need to stop doing this and stop trying to get rid of me every time you feel bad and just give me a fucking cuddle. So we had a little cuddle, I established the vulnerability factors that led me to feeling anxious, I accepted it after a while even though I didn't want to and then I addressed it. The addressive part of my approach is all of the things you can do to help the anxiety. So where the assess is what the fuck is going on, the address is what the fuck am I going to do about it? Step by step, I prioritized my sleep. And I will do a whole episode dedicated to sleep uh, with a sleep expert very soon, so hold on for that one. I shut down all technology and moved it away from my bed. I opened the window for some fresh air. I made sure the bed was nicely made before I got into it. You know, having nice sheets to get into makes such a difference. Um, I read a book about something completely unrelated to anxiety so that I would refocus my thoughts and, you know, maybe even enjoy myself and I did lots of deep breathing from my belly which would bring the tension away from my chest. I actually slept really well and then I got up I still felt quite tight in my chest and I still do to be honest and I drank shitloads of water because hydration is, is really important as well and then I went to the gym for a very gentle half hour weight session. Um, I didn't do any cardio I actually don't really like doing cardio because for me cardio just kind of adds more fuel to the fire of my anxiety um, I will have a fitness special coming soon that talks specifically about anxiety and exercise but for now this is just something that a lot of people have asked me about so I thought I would mention it here. Um, I find that running or intense cardio elevates your heart rate to such an extent that and you stimulate your nervous system quite a lot and if you're already feeling very anxious I think it's already stimulated enough and look it's not that running is bad some people tell me running is their absolute essential anti-anxiety coping mechanism but I think if you're in a very acute phase of anxiety it can be a little bit counterproductive and I know from in the past when I was feeling so bad and I would try and run until I didn't feel it anymore and I would feel it doubly like I'd feel it tenfold at the end of a run or even when I feel fine and I start to add running into my workout routine and my heart rate starts to go up over time and I feel just I feel physically a little bit jittery and then that makes me think I'm anxious mentally even though I'm probably not So for me, I just, 
I'd rather just avoid it. So when you're anxious, obviously your system is on high alert. So you need to calm everything down um, while boosting serotonin, which we know regulates anxiety too. So for me, it's all about gentle weights or yoga and nothing more than like a walk in the park with the dog during these acute phases where we feel like shit. So I came home, took my dog out for some fresh air. Any time with bear is always helpful. And then I went to the shop. This is literally a play-by-play of my day so far. <laughs> and I stocked up on lots of nutritious foods to ensure that I had plenty of food to eat throughout the day because I know for a fact if I go without a meal or I get hungry or forget to eat that's not going to help the anxiety at all. Orla Walsh she was my dietitian expert for the the nutrition episode told me that you know you absolutely need to keep your blood sugar levels on an even keel throughout the day so never having big big gaps without food is really important and I have noticed that makes a difference. Um, Otherwise with nutrition you don't want any caffeine sugar or other stimulants when you're already in a very sensitive phase like it's just common sense you know if you're feeling anxious and you have an americano you'll almost definitely feel it even more i just avoid it just for a few days just while i'm feeling it it's not that i'm going to be off sugar forever i mean i definitely could not do that but just even for two or three days just to like let everything settle right back down and bring myself back to basics with simple healthy foods that don't add to the problem and then i just did some work i had a few commitments and um, that followed my my little trip to the shops and now here i am recording this podcast and that in a way even though I'm talking about it and even though I'm not, you know, di- redirecting my, my energy, I'm, I'm, I'm getting, I'm facing it, I suppose, by having this conversation with myself. In a way, it has like an instant effect of empowering me to feel like I'm actually the one in control. For me, as much as the podcast has, it's been amazing to hear that it's helped other people. I'm also selfishly definitely helping myself by doing this. And I'm going to have a bath later, put in some nice lavender oil and, and like all those simple things that seem so state the obvious that just together culminate for a much more calming environment. And then just in general be like really, really good to myself and watch some shit on Netflix. As I always say, my my mindfulness is like say yes to the dress. These days it's Jane the Virgin, but I just finished season four and I'm waiting for season five. And also I will make an effort to do some guided meditations on my calm.com app. But if I'm being completely honest, I really need to get a little bit better at checking in with some quiet breathing times. Not just when I feel anxious, but when I feel good too. Because if you do it when you feel good and you do it consistently, it'll be far more effective and beneficial and it will kick in much quicker when you do feel anxious and you'll be able to sort of regulate it and moderate it much easier. So I guess for my my parting advice of this episode, this mini episode, is just to make sure that you're always bringing yourself back to the assess and address approach that I document in the first book. At this stage, you'll definitely have tried various things and have a better idea of what works for you and what doesn't. But the main thing is to accept it and to work with it, not against it. I feel like I will have that engraved on my tombstone. The other main thing is to step back and take what I call the helicopter approach to looking at what's going on in your life and what are the specific vulnerability factors that are at play. So for example, have you been unwell? Is there a lot going on work-wise? Are there a few big things coming up that you're a little bit anxious about? Could the anxiety be a delayed reaction to something that happened a while ago? So just think back to the Christmas analogy where your body doesn't let you down when you're go, go, go. And then when you stop, it's like, okay, now it's time to process things. Um, Is it a toxic relationship? There, There could be so many different things going on. And I have a whole chapter dedicated to figuring out why you're here in the book. And I really hope that you find it helpful. I hope that you found this brief episode helpful. I hope it's more than just a little mini therapy session for myself. And I think if anything, it was definitely helpful for me to record it. Uh, thank you as always for listening thank you for the positive feedback and reviews on iTunes I'm still just overwhelmed by the support and knowing that I'm reaching people who really need to hear it is is worth more than any number of books sold ever Um, so at the same time if you would like to buy the books I will include the link in the podcast description 
I will have another special guest episode coming up shortly and I do hope that you'll stay tuned for that and if you've any requests for for topics to be covered please do send them my way I'm always looking for more ideas I've a lot of episodes still to come I, I thought this would be a very quick series but actually when I delve into anxiety it's just there's so much there to unpack and to t- discuss and I think obviously apart from just hearing from experts it's also so helpful to hear from people who have experienced it in different ways and the more I hear from those people and the more I hear from you guys on social media the more I'm like okay we're all in this together we're all gonna figure it out together and we're all okay and it's okay that if we're not okay so thank you as always and I will be on to you soon Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. The easiest way to access Owning It Real Time is to head to the link in the episode description or episode details, whatever you call them, show notes. You will find the link in there at the top. You can sign up right away for Owning It Real Time and access a full library of 10 situation-specific audio guides that will help you own your anxiety even more than you've ever done before.